Welcome to Knock Tales with me, Gordon Bruce, manager of Knock Do Distillery. I make a Knock whiskey, and in every episode I chat to a fellow maker about what they do and how they do it, digging into the secrets of their craft. This time around, we're honoured to introduce Henrik Molan, founder of Sweden's Spirit of Venn Distillery, which I had the pleasure of visiting a few years ago. Describing himself as a chemist by trade and a flavourist at heart, Henrik makes spirits with an obsessive attention to detail on the island of Venn between Sweden and Denmark. The organic, sustainably made whiskies, vodkas and rums Henrik produces here have had a big impact around the world. I'm so pleased he's here to tell us more. Welcome, Henrik. Hi, Gordon. Henrik, how are you? Very well. It was a long time since, since we met. I think that was way uh, back when you were, I don't remember, for Balblair or when you were helping Dennis at uh, Balmenic, I think. But it was a number of years ago. <laughs> so how's life with you guys just now? Uh, as for everybody, it's been a challenge, obviously, with, with the COVID situation. Uh, but on, we're located on, on a small island, so we've uh, been pretty safe here, and we have actually haven't had any uh, real uh, sickness causes or any of that. But we also have a hotel, and obviously that's not very fun <laughs> these times. So, But on the spirit side, we're actually doing quite well. Uh, it was a struggle in the beginning because about 50% of our sales were to Horeca or, or the restaurant market. And before we could steer that over to to uh, on or on premise and and uh, and shops and whatever, uh, it took a while. But now we're actually doing better than than pre-COVID. So yeah, you shouldn't complain. Good. Yeah. You've been with uh, Anok for for how long? Uh, I've been here for fifteen years. Uh, I came down here in two thousand and six. That's probably been the busiest 15 years of my life, to be honest. But it's been great fun. It's been so good. I always love the brand, but what you've done the last couple of years on the 12-year-old uh, as, a, as a standard is superb. Just a soft, gentle note. So I, congratulations or well done. That's very kind to say so. Thank you very much. Uh, I also have a, a beautiful bottle sitting in front of me here, uh, a bottle of Taicho Star. Oh, yeah. uh, gorgeous pageant. Are, are you in the marketing department as well, Henry? No, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I try to work as little as possible. I, I, I'm not succeeding very well, but uh, uh, I did decide on the bottle. Uh, as, you, as you know, I'm a, I'm a chemist uh, by education. Uh, so I wanted to have a, a chemist approach to how we should build our, our whiskey with uh, bringing in all the the heritage and the knowledge and uh, from uh, the industries as, as it had been, uh, and then trying to make that in a new way so we could make it a bit younger and still palatable, and and trying to get our own sense of uh, of heritage of the Swedish heritage into the bottle. Uh, and the bottle came from, uh, as you know, the the Erlenmeyer flask. And Erlenmeyer, Emil Erlenmeyer was the first one that actually approached how the, the aldehyde and the esters work uh, in whatever we eat and drink, and obviously as well in, in the whiskey. So that was our, our point of difference, or one of them. So. I didn't make that connection before, but now you see it. 
Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Well done. That's so yeah. clever. So. And it sticks out on the shelf. So, and obviously, that's been a an important part for us, where we don't have the 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 history of making whiskey as in in Scotland. We need to educate everybody that uh, we do something like the Scotch, but different. So, uh, and the Ticker Star here is a, a fairly young one, uh, but again, very very smooth, palatable, a little bit more smoke than uh, you have in your regular uh, knock do, but still quite gentle. Not as of age as of of yours, obviously, but still quite. We're we're proud of it. Some leap of faith to go from your your chemistry background, uh, being motivated to design and build and start your own distillery. Yep. Was that a scary moment? Oh yeah, it was. Uh, now we started out quite small, so uh, our original malt whiskey distillery it was one barrel per batch. So I, I more or less calculated everything backwards from one one barrel or one cask. Uh, so uh, more or less, it's it's fifteen hundred liter batches we we make, uh, but it's still quite a lot of money. And before you actually have something out to market, but because end of the day it takes at least five to six years before you have anything that people are, <laughs> are prepared to buy, uh, even if you're allowed to call it whiskey after three years. Uh, so obviously, it's a long time between investment uh, and and payback. So so it was scary, and it's a lot of money, uh, and obviously not having uh, the history uh, that you might have in Scotland uh, and obviously the knowledge uh, and, and building your own base of knowledge. But uh, yeah, it was scary. Willy Wonka doesn't make whiskey, but if Willy Wonka made a distillery, like this is a compliment, honestly. It would be <laughs> Venn Distillery. The uh, is a big toy box to me. Uh, it, it, it's yep. such good fun for us to go in and, and play with things and tweak things and modify things and, and, and see how it goes. Uh, but you, you've taken it to the nth degree. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it, it's something we've continued to do as well. And, and today we have, uh, now, now we have, uh, I think in total we have 18 different stills here from 100 litres up to 3,000 litres and uh, where we could do vacuum or, or low pressure distillations, we could do fermentation, obviously fermentation always with different temperature schemes. So uh, we could add different yeast strains at different positions of fermentation and whatever and see what happens. Sometimes it's better, sometimes it's not. But uh, that's the benefit of doing small batch because you can experiment. And what we learn there, we can then implement with, with bigger distillers. With a fantastic lab facility you have on site, yeah. do you run the risk of kind of analysing things to death? Uh, yes, sometimes you, you do overanalyze, and especially with our own products and produce, obviously, because as soon as we do any new blend of a whiskey or even the gins or, or whatever, since we do have all the, the GCMS, GCFID, uh, atomic absorption, HPLCs and whatever, uh, you want to know everything. Uh, and sometimes it doesn't really tell that much because end of the day, if, if it tastes good and it smells good, uh, it's probably good enough to drink. And that's the way we <laughs> the industry has been doing it for, for, for 400 years. So, so yes, uh, but I, so 
we could never replace uh, a master blender or a master distiller uh, with machines, but the machine could help us to understand why we do what we do. Then, as you say, there's the risk of overanalyzing and, and uh, oversimplifying or, or whatever, because obviously over the course of the 400 years whiskey has been made, uh, the, the, the process have been perfected. So by trial and error, uh, the process is almost perfect already. So more or less what we do now is not perfecting the process, it's creating new flavors. In Sweden now you must have what, 10, 12 whiskey distilleries? Yeah, I think there's 18 now 18? producing whiskey. Wow. 18, yeah. So uh, we're, we're actually, we, we do have our, our uh, branch organizations, uh, actually two of them, uh, and we do tend to talk. Uh, but we're still a very, very young uh, industry in Sweden, uh, partly because obviously it's a, still a monopoly state. So <laughs> there's only the one government-owned shop that are allowed to sell liquor to, to the public. Uh, but also, it wasn't allowed to, to make uh, spirits uh, until 1988 if it wasn't by the government, which by then or back then uh, owned Absolute, which is obviously now Pernod. All of the whiskey producers in Sweden are small. Uh, the biggest one are up to uh, making now about, uh, I think, somewhere between 300 and 500,000 liters per, per annum. Uh, and we're we're down to on on the whiskey side we we do about hundred thousand LPAs or something, so we're very very small. So it's an all team where you the same team are doing the sales as doing the the marketing as uh, not actually the distilling but working together all of us. How many of that eighteen have a wooden cased coffee still? I don't think there's. Uh, a lot of them in, in the world in total, I would say. Uh, and, and it was actually funded by Scots, believe it or not. Uh, really? So it was, yeah. Uh, I was a project. I came over uh, so, some drawings from uh, one of the original drawings for uh, from NES Coffee for the coffee still that was later on uh, Cameron Bridge or uh, in eighteen. 34 was it? 34 he got the the patent for it uh and i said i want to build one of these wooden stills uh and it took me a long time and eventually uh we had uh uh Alan associates as you probably know uh they helped us with the design of that and and funded all the work for that uh and uh then we had uh, a scottish firm also or space projects and um and LH Stainless came in and did some of the work. So uh, it was totally funded from Scotland, uh, but nobody in Scotland wanted it. Uh, so, uh, and we did all the test batches here and we did some white papers on it. And uh, it's a wonderful machine. It looks such do, good fun, nicely. <laughs> it is. And, it, and it's superb to work with. Uh, I do understand why they stopped making them out of wood, though. Uh, but there, there are self, <laughs> it, it does leak, uh, but it's it's really efficient. We uh, we make more or less a, a barrel an hour uh, from the still, uh, and running it continuously. So uh, and it works really well. I'm going to open this beautiful bottle of Dietro Star. I, I prepared your twelve-year-old as well, so so I'll start with that. 
Well, I loved how, oh. how you brought the, the wood together in the in the 12-year-old as well. 12 is just such an approachable whiskey for me. Uh, as, uh, regardless of time, it's a whiskey you can drink mm. any time. Oh, very nice. Well done. I'm, I'm just having a wee nose here. Uh, what what peat have you used for, for this one? It's, it's, it's actually very, very similar to the Aberdeenshire peat. Yep. So it's a, a, a lovely woody smoke rather than a medicinal iodine TCP smoke. Yeah. What what we do for for this one? Uh, because th- this is uh, one of our stand- it's the whiskey we sell most of, so it's a standard expression. So it's a rather light peat, but we bring that or it's mainly eugenol, so it's it's not the the rough harsh iodine rich uh, peat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, to get a little bit more of the tougher guayacol notes, the, the, the rounder and the oiliness, we actually get peat from, from uh, a distillery on Isla. <laughs> so we get some there. Uh, and then we took, uh, take our old staves from, from cask, oak uh, cask, American oak cask that we don't want to use or for the third times. We ship them down. So we mix that and we actually go down to the beach and we pick some, some seaweed. So that's what we smoke this with, and that becomes uh, rather high, high peated. Uh, normally, we like, uh, we're, we're up at the mid mid eighties uh, on the malt, and then we mix that back in at about ten percent. So that gives a rounder character in the end. It works so well on the nose. Well done. The and then I ginger, think we, ginger, chocolate. Yeah, uh, that's, we, we have three different cask varieties in this one. Uh, the, the big chunk, about 60%, is American oak, and we only use, all, all our wood is always air-dried. So this is chinkapin oak from Cuba, Missouri, uh, and that's all virgin uh, that we matured our vodka in prior just to get the, the tannins out. Uh, and then uh, what you get, the, the gingery notes is from the Quakers Robe, the wood, uh, forest oak, and we get that from uh, Bouchard in, in Burgundy. We'll try a wee sip here. That lovely subtle peat. Um, spicy, almost cinnamon. Yep. That wood smoke just stays there for ages. Yeah, and also, we obviously, uh, in, in this case, we don't need to, to chill filter uh, either so uh, we we just do a, uh, we've actually gone over to a depth filtration instead so we could still have uh, the oil in there without taking out stripping off too much of the mouthfeel so that's a fantastic product well done Henry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you Chico star is uh, named after an astronomer that used to live on the island called Tukabraa uh, and Tukabraa lost uh, part of his nose in a duel over a mathematical problem. <laughs> so uh, we, we named this whiskey after him. But what we did with that one, uh, because I wanted to bring in other flavors in the whiskey just to see what we could do. Not, not as doing a, a spiced whiskey like we do with rum, uh, but getting flavors in there. So uh, we started about 10 years back with our small malting systems, we started to to infuse different flavors with uh, with our barley, uh, and one of the things we did was uh, the the uh, sour orange and the junipers that we used for our gin. Uh, we actually used that uh, with the peat and the smoke, uh, so we brought that in. 
So we actually got a whiskey with a, a small hint of, of almost like a terpenine, uh, piney note. Uh, and I was a bit, should we release it, should we not? Because it's, it's a bit out there, but it's still whiskey. Uh, but uh, it's been received really, really well. So uh, it, it's a fun, fun experiment. So the next generation of whiskey makers at Venn, uh, we've got somebody from the family going to fill your shoes. We, we always hope, uh, don't we? Uh, I do have a son and he, he did uh, release his first uh, whiskey or named his first whiskey uh, last year uh, he's only 70 years old though so uh, but uh, we released a, a whiskey called Charlie's Wagon his name is Charlie so I hope he will uh, uh, go into the business but uh, it's up to him I, I won't put, put pressure on him to do it but uh, obviously we hope uh, the brand will live on uh, and we're not looking into to, uh, having a having a sale or whatever so i want to continue to do this until uh, i come with a wheelchair yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not suggesting you should be considering retirement no no <laughs> how big's the team across there just now uh in the in the still house we're uh, 12 persons are brewing and distilling uh and in total we're 35 wow so it's a lot of people yeah. Yeah. yeah, but again, with the distilling, obviously we, we have the, the two main distillers or, or three uh, stills that do whiskey or, or gin uh, every day. Uh, and then we have all the, the experiments and uh, recipe making. We do quite a lot of recipes for, for other distillers. Are you still yeah. putting hands on yourself? I try to do at least uh, one day a month just to know where all the, the knobs and parts are. So, And that's what I love to do. And that's why I you know, then went into the industry from the beginning, because I love to, to make whiskey be hands-on and, uh, and licking the fingers and, and smelling it coming out to the fermenters, where, where we create the, uh, the original scent and taste. Uh, obviously, the lab works is fun, uh, again, to see where it's at, but end of the day, it's in the mash tun where we extract the, the volatiles, and it's in the mash tun where we create them, the yeast and, uh, and sorting in the still, and that's what I love to do. So what's the future then? Are we going to see more products, bigger distillery, uh, massive marketing budget and going for global domination? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, it's it's end of the day we, we have good fun uh obviously we we need to increase our sales a tad to to uh, be more efficient uh in certain markets but it's not our our end goal to be as big as possible uh we want to have fun we want to make good product uh, and and stuff we like because end of the day obviously we need to like them ourselves because if nobody buys them we need to drink them uh and <laughs> But we don't need to be uh, really big. I don't see that. Henrik, I think we've probably taken enough of your time this afternoon. <laughs> uh, and I'm so pleased to, to have the chance to speak to you. And uh, wish every continued success to, to you and yours and Ven. Uh, it's fantastic business, beautiful location, fantastic products, and, and, and run by great people as well. Yeah, thank you, and thank you for having me on, and, and hope to
to come over and visit you soon. And, and obviously, when all this uh, debacle has, has left, you're, you're welcome to come and visit us. Maybe try one of your recipes on our small stills. Yeah, look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs>